negative 70. You didn't try to have it on my side. Because I haven't been putting any of the heaters on. Because <laughs> I'm trying to save fucking electricity. So I'm wearing just sweatshirts. I've become my father. That's going to stay. All right, Mike Dulovitz. <laughs> what, you cold? Put on a sweater. You think I'm paying money? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, it's all the same, man. No matter where. Mm -hmm. Fucking dads. Oh man, and I'm turning into one. Yeah. Oh god. You're already a dad, dude. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm turning into Mike Dulovitz. I was like 30 seconds away today from being like, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. So. Alright, we're gonna go ahead and get started and I'll go ahead and share these links as we're talking because the internet's kind of slow. I'm at quarantine at one of my friends' houses, so <laughs> it's taking a minute here. Um all right, so welcome, Alex and Nick. Thank you for joining us. Um, we've had some pretty good feedback. So uh, how you guys been doing, hanging out, ha hanging in there? Nick? Bad. Bad? <laughs> not great, but not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we're kind of getting through, and yeah, we've sort of had to pivot the business model a little bit and try to figure out some new stuff uh, in order to adapt with you know, the situation that we've been presented with but so yep. best that we can be circumstances yep but uh how about on the personal level how you guys been you guys hanging in there on that side uh i'm healthy alex has kids so i, I miss daycare so much <laughs> i bet you do Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it's also, so the wife is an emergency physician, right? Yep. And my business has been closed down by the state, which effectively <laughs> means I'm Mr. Mom. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> See, I went the opposite. My business got shut down. I went back to the hospital. So yeah, <laughs> it's different. And yeah. Nick doesn't have any kids that we know of, right? That we know of. That we know. Nope. <laughs> Negative. Negative. So Negative. Nick's just hanging out in the shop. So that works um so everybody's getting a little bit creative with how they're doing classes and stuff like that um what are some of the things you guys have put into place recently um i know we've discussed them before but what's some of the stuff you guys have done that have made it uh the, are you talking about changing business model how have you done that you know what's what's going on with all that um i mean we've had to sort of get down to brass tacks and sort of the, the original business model when we first took over was just hustle for any possible sale through any possible avenue that you could get right uh -huh. um, and then as you you know created you know profit channels you could start focusing on a more structured method of, of income but all of those profit channels have been shut down so we've had to create new versions of those um slinging apparel on facebook has been somewhat uh reasonable in terms of the response we've been shipping out probably four five six packages a day for the last week or so and uh, with hoodies hats i mean it all counts it's all a little bit it's just making sure that the cash flow is going through yeah. and then i think the other big change is that we've now established some online webinars something very similar to this but we're offering classes now through um you know, scheduled uh webinars and those go live tonight 
and then we have tomorrow, Wednesday, and then Friday. So we have four different classes that we're running this week, and we're already putting together plans for the different specialties that we're going to be running next week as well. Nice. Um, what about getting in the water? Anytime soon? Anything? What's your guys' take on all that? We've uh, we've been diving a little bit, but the water is still a little chilly around here for most people. Um, people are starting to think about training, though. I've uh, been able to sell some of the. Uh, I usually try and sell all like my tech courses throughout this time of year anyways. Yep. So we get basically cash influx from that and uh, I don't have to do anything about it until the water warms up a little bit for a month. So, I mean, truth be told, this time of year is classically not the busiest time of year for us. Kind of that yep. transition phase from travel season to local diving season. Yep. So in some ways, it's almost like put, uh, you know, a spotlight on local businesses needing help. So people have been spending money with us. So it's in, in some ways been maybe better than it is sometimes because, you know, this isn't necessarily a busy time for year, of year for us. Yep. So, yeah, that's a little bit different for us because we were, you know, doing a whole lot of uh, prepping for classes, pool work, trying to get everything done, finished up college classes and all that fun stuff. But uh, sure. it's the pool situation is really hurting us there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, so, Nick, go ahead. So, I mean, we had to make some adaptions. Um, the, the dry suit class, we normally do pond, uh, classroom, pool, and then go to the open water. And uh, the pool shut down on us, but before they mandated the full shutdown of the business, we still had a dry suit course that was scheduled with three people. And so we actually ended up taking them down to Hathaway's and using Hathaway's as confined water because we have that signed off as a confined water site in the shallows. And it actually turned out to be very, very productive, um, you know, without having to go to the chlorine and with over, without overheating on the pool deck. The students yep. actually said that it was perfectly comfortable. They were able to fix any minor issues in the suits right there with like seals, like right there on the uh, the edge of the water, get it all squared away, do the confined water stuff, you know, in 10 feet, yep. just sort of, you know, clean and then get out, get everything dialed in and then go do their dives, you know, one to the platform and one to the boat. And they were all done in a single day with, with all the water work. So that actually may be something that comes out of the other side of this is that we may just not be going back to the pool for dry suit programs. Yep. And if we can do other specialty programs that require confined water skills down in the pond as well, and then also perform the, the graduation dives in the deeper water where it's a little bit cooler and the visibility gets a bit murkier, yep. that might, might might also be something that's um, you know a positive that comes out of the other side of this. Yeah, we do that a lot with dry suits, similar thing of being like, all right, let's putz around in the, the shallow water a little bit more and, and you know, confined, confined open water type scenarios. Yeah. So, as a warm up, yeah. so um, you guys are doing a free diving webinar. Also, does everybody have to hold their breath during that entire presentation, or how are you guys doing that? Uh, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm running one tonight at 7 p.m. and then Friday uh, I have another one. I'm running at 7 p.m. Uh, the focus of this week's free diving seminars are going to be on blackout safety and rescue. Uh, and it's a, it's a seminar I've given a few times in the past, a couple of times at Boston Sea Rovers and then, you know, some of the local dive clubs as well. Uh, but the goal is going to be to offer probably a free diving seminar or two a week, because there's mm -hmm. a ton of content out there. We can talk about, you know, uh, breathing technique, 
we can talk about you know surface recovery we can talk about positioning we can talk about training and adaptation styles to in water training dry training i mean there's a ton of content that you know we can we can cover during those webinars. So I think that's the plan. So that's where we're going to start this week. And then I'm going to kind of take a look and write up a syllabus for the next probably month or two. Yep. And you know, all those over the next, next while. That's a good idea. Uh, Alex, are you doing uh, like Zoom webinars for your classes for the technical or are you waiting completely until later on before you do anything? So we're trying to implement uh, Zoom classes for a few different things. So yeah, I have, um, a CCR course that I'm starting this weekend. So we're going to see if we can do like a first build over Zoom, which yeah. sounds terrifying, <laughs> but we're going to try it. <laughs> yeah. And see how it works. I mean, worst case scenario, it's one of those things that's like, if it doesn't work, all that happened is we got a chance to kind of like bullshit about CCRs and talk about yeah. stuff and, you know, just get to the point. It's like, okay, when we have a chance, we need to get together in person so that we can actually hands on together and, and yep. you know, make this work a little bit better. But this is kind of one of the fun things that's happening right now that's forced our hand is, you know, we've always talked about wanting to be able to have a, um, like a virtual option to be able to join our class sessions and not just for technical, but for everything, right? right? Everything that you can. But the reason we've always shied away from it is like every single class has some kind of hands-on component to it. Yep. Or you're teaching like physics, which yeah. over Zoom also scares me a little bit as well. Yep. So we've always kind of been like, ah, just put a pin in it, just put a pin in it. Well, we can't yeah. put a pin in it anymore. That's like what we have to do right now. We yep. have to find a way to be able to make this work. So either it's gonna work or it's not. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't think people can necessarily hold it against us if it doesn't, because we're all like in this together, just trying to find a way to make this all happen, right? right exactly. So it's a very low risk way for us to get into this. And if it works, it's something that we can keep pushing after we get back to normal and the apocalypse ends. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. One of the things I've been thinking about, I haven't done anything this is the first time I've kind of brought it up, is now you got, we if we start perfecting this, now we've got the capability to co-teach with people like, Say you and I had a deco class going at the same time. We could say, okay, let's all eight of us join in to the Zoom class at the same time. And you and I can co-teach from six hours away from each other or from the UK or from wherever. And you can co-teach with somebody that you normally would never would be able to co-teach with. Absolutely. So. That's a tremendous idea and yeah. like you don't even have to do a full co-teach too nope. right you could just have like a guest lecturer for right. something special that would be super cool to hear about right exactly yeah so so and so has done you know done way more of these deeper technical dives let's hear from them about gas mixes and what they use and why um yeah and you know create your class that way where you know if everybody's in it together then we can figure it out pretty good so yeah, yeah. it really adds value yeah, yeah it would, it would would certainly allow you to you know leverage your network that much further you know yeah yeah so that's what i found from all all doing all these i mean aaron popped on to say hi eric finds on saying hi so everybody you know those are guys that i've been talking to because of that so um, yeah for sure apparently my daughter has said hi i haven't seen her in about a week and a half so she said oh, hi God. <laughs> so um, Alex wish he hasn't seen his kids. <laughs> I'm there right now. Yeah. If I hadn't, I'd miss them. But right, right. now, I do not miss them. Yeah, they're all up. In, you get, you getting to close the door is like, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is this is tremendous. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. All right, so something that I very specific. Um, 
neutral buoyancy training from the get-go we've had these conversations i know that we could go on probably all day long um maybe a little bit shorter since we're not drinking edema but um <laughs> so thoughts and ideas on neutral buoyancy in trim training from day one um why do you guys do it because when you dive you want to be in trim and neutral so it seems stupid to do skills any other way <laughs> it took us it took us a while to sort of jump on this and yep. i mean alex and i had sort of talked about it for quite some time and what we found or at least the discussion that we initially had was when you train people on their knees and you can give them some sort of idea of what buoyancy is with like different breathing and and everything else but it's it's essentially like learning to ride a bike with with training wheels and then when you get them to the ocean you you pull those training wheels off expecting them to either be neutral or again you just stick them on the sand and again they still have those training wheels on and they never really get that idea of control and positioning in the water and also just control over their buoyancy in general until after they're certified which now they've got to figure that out by themselves and and buoyancy isn't easy like that's not something oh, it's hard. That, like you know that's one of the things that you have to understand is that teaching this way is hard it's, it's way hard way hard way hard um i mean we extended the amount of time we spend in the pool i mean that was you know essential so we had to do i think four pool sessions at three and a half hours a piece um, and that gives us, for most people, adequate time to be able to do it. And for but everybody else, we have unlimited training. So if somebody needs more training, we just keep them coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. But the other thing is that we don't task overly task load each of the sessions either. I mean, that's sort of been the key to being able to teach it is having the extra time so that let's say I get students in for the second pool session, we'll go through gear setup, get them in the water. And before we even really get into any other skills, I'm just going to take half an hour to work on buoyancy again. Yep. And we're going to do kicks a little bit and we're going to get them comfortable and we're going to get them to feel that balance. And then once they begin to that, feel that balance, now you start going into the skills. But when you brief the skills, it also adds now an additional element to that briefing because now it's not just, okay, this is how we do a mask clear. It's going to be, this is how we do a mask clear while neutrally buoyant. So think yeah. about the skill in its you know, respective components, but also consider if you take a large breath in, what's going to happen to your position in the water. Mm -hmm. So you begin at a very base level training their global awareness of their actions and their breathing and how those two things interlink, right? Because you see so many brand new divers out in the ocean and they go to perform a skill and before you know it, they're either plummeting down towards the sand or they're pinging themselves to the surface yeah. and they don't get why and they get frustrated and it's dangerous, mm -hmm. right? Because now they're shooting up or they're dropping down damaged ears, bruised ears, or all these bounce dives and these sawtooth profiles. And so, you know, we've gotten some pretty you know, interesting feedback, you know, since we've been doing it. And I know a few of the naysayers are like, well, you can't do that because you don't have any control. But if you do the job properly in the beginning in the pool, you have more control in the ocean than if you were just to overweight them in the pool, give them a 10 minute, this is how buoyancy works skill, and then go to the ocean and do the same thing. Like the you product can, is- You gotta go through the portion where 
you struggle and where you fail, but like in a six foot pool, it's easy to fail safe, right? It's kind of right. like when you teach somebody to walk, which, you know, we've been through not long ago, right? Is mm-hmm. you know, they have to have an opportunity to fall down. If you're constantly always holding them and holding them and holding them, they're never going to figure it out. You have to give them an opportunity to fall down and to struggle and to get through it. And it's, it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. Yep. It's not as easy as putting somebody, you know, overweighted, kneeling on the bottom and just telling them to do mass clears over and over again. That's an easy thing to do. But to get them to do it where they're constantly going up to the surface or crashing down into the bottom and needing to actually work those two things out together, it is it's an uncomfortable process. And you're trying to get them to really comprehend exactly what they're trying to do, which is also much harder than just be like, breathe in through your mouth, breathe out through your nose, tilt your head back, okay, cool, let's move on, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a much more complicated process. But if you take the time to do the hard stuff in the beginning, then they can walk, right? Then they right. can they can do all that other stuff. I mean, how many students have you had, Jason, when they get into a technical program that can't do a mass clear and trim, right? <laughs> and that's why I wrote that foundations course, because I'm like, I, I get people, I'm like, all right, we had an entire weekend plan, but it's done because Friday you can't do anything. Like, and our students now can like they can back kick coming out yeah. of open water mm-hmm. yep. like it's important it's important to lay that foundation because then they'll have those tools right our students aren't scuffling around with their hands they're not you know swimming with their knees or, or fins you know two feet below their chest yep they're understanding their weight how much weight they need they're understanding how to determine how much weight they need when they go on a new trip like all that stuff that kind of gets blown over on a lot of courses is so much more like I wish we could just rip out the emergency boy in a set. It's <laughs> such a dumbass bill. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Like, why not teach people to just be able to solve their problems underwater and so, like do we teach people how to drive like all right now I want you to drive into this wall to make sure your airbags go off. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great it analogy. Just seems so dumb to me and it's a waste of time, right? Like yep. nobody practices that skill. They're going to get out of their open water course and they're going to completely forget about it down the line. Yep. Take that time and practice buoyancy, practice doing skills while neutral. That yep. would be such a better use of that time with that stupid skill. Yeah. And teach more yeah. gas management, right? So what's the situation sure. where you're going to run out of gas? Because you're not paying attention or there's a massive hemorrhage of some sort. And okay. Right. like right. Yeah. And, and we built that all into the program. And so, I mean, that's the biggest component, right? As well as the buoyancy is just making sure that people are checking their consumables. Right. right? And so by consumables, at least at an open water level, we're just talking about remaining no decompression limit and their gas management. Yeah. I was like, listen, you, if you maintain both of those and you stay in with your team and you're diving with, you know, uh, you know, one, two other people, you stay within the proximity of each other, you're working together. And that's sort of another angle that we've taken in addition to that buoyancy that we're now referring to our divers when they're in groups as dive teams as yep. opposed to buddies. And yeah. again, you could think, you could say that we're being pedantic. You could certainly make an argument. Are, but it means something, right? Right. right. It has an this, inner meaning. This is where we're coming from on this angle is that as a buddy, the term buddy sort of has this insinuation of, you know, the guy I grab a beer with, you know, or, you know going, yeah. which is fine. I'm going to go hang out with my buddies, but I don't right. expect anything in a buddy situation. It's just my buddy. Right. Whereas if I'm playing a sport or I'm involved with a group of people and we are part of a team, that team has connotations of what's expected to be part of a team. We yes. all know growing up, 
what it means to be part of a team. You play your part, you have a role to play, others play their roles and you work together towards a common goal. And that's really what it should be to be with somebody else underwater, yep. right? I'm not responsible for you. You're not responsible for me, but we're responsible for what we're doing together as a team and making yep. sure that we're cross-checking each other, gear setup, whatever else, signals, communication, dive planning, briefing, so that it it just creates more of a, a solid mentality in our minds of what it, it should be to be expected to be part of a team as opposed to just going diving with a buddy. Yep, completely agree. I mean, with, with our tactical training, all the teams are get, after the first day, get a team name that um, is comical but tries to reinforce something they did incorrectly the first day. So they... Yeah. We got like team yeah. team nose pocket. They fucked up the the uh, mass skills and didn't grab their. They put them on backwards, and so that's team nose pocket and team flopsy. Shout out to team flopsy. Assuming they're on here, um, they they're they're they looked like hell. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was rough. But uh, team sandstorm silt outs. You know they they all get their special <laughs> special name. It reinforces, but it's it's coming back to that team thing of. Here's the team. This is, this is what's up. Right. It's about being and part of the team. And that's at a technical level, and and where sort of our point is is both both neutral buoyancy and with this team you know methodology thing, is that why wait until somebody gets to the point of technical before you reinforce these sorts of habits? Right. And just like you're doing it, you don't have to be obnoxious about it, right? You right. can right. still be fun with it. Right. It doesn't. Like it doesn't have to feel like a drudgery as you're going through it. Like it's it's a fun thing to do. There's a reason why people play sports on teams, right? It's a yeah. fun thing to do. It's a fun to be a part of that atmosphere. Yep. People look for that atmosphere, right? And you just want to be fun about it. We're not trying to go back to the 1960s and have everybody do push-ups right. in full gear and all that stuff. No. But we do want to instill an idea of safety, and those things go hand in hand. Yep. Exactly. And yeah, we we use the team. It's still it's it's tough to break. You know, been teaching for what 10 years now so it's hard to break the buddy buddy terminology the same thing we were talking about with neutral buoyancy it's hard to break that when you've been doing that for eight years and you yep, slip yeah. into it um, yeah we've all struggled with it yeah and, yeah i mean i catch myself still doing it every now and it's just going to take time right mm -hmm. yeah it's yep. just one of those things that you and and you know do i go off on one if i accidentally you know use the term buddy no i just carry right. on yeah right exactly. and you know and i'm just trying to replace terminology with you know the newer terminology yep yeah. exactly yeah and it's the same thing when you come through with the the neutral buoyancy stuff and trying to figure it out um i think one of the things that people are trying to teach neutral and trim is they're like i don't produce bad divers well no one said you really produce bad divers it's just cool. that you are making it a little bit harder for them to succeed later on it, it, it's making i think i think it's actually even a little bit harder when you hit the open water to teach students because now you expect neutral buoyancy and in trim because or at least some version of that because you're going to silt out everything and you can't see your students and it makes your life harder i'd rather spend an entire night night one of doing hardly anything and getting that foundation set up to really produce later on sure. better divers and you and you hit it you hit the nail on the head right there and that's really what it takes is it's a front-loaded exercise mm -hmm. right if, if and you the idea is you're not there to check off boxes right 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 if, if you if you if you task load at the beginning of every session they're only going to get frustrated because they haven't had the time to learn how to balance themselves in the water and actually remain neutral if you take that time and you front load it with that particular exercise 
and then move on to the simpler skills like rank recoveries or whatever else like that, it becomes inherently easier. By the time you get to the fourth pool session, our guys are hovering you know, in the deep well and they're not using their hands. They're not mm -hmm. doing this perpetual swimming in a circle to hold a safety stop, yep. right? They're actually hanging. They've got a computer on their wrist and they're able to control their position in the water, not only vertically, but also horizontally and being able to just sit there and make me do a little back kick and yep. then they hang. And then, you know, they begin to drift a little bit. They do a little side kick and then they push themselves forwards. But they have control over their mobility in the water as opposed to knowing I'm going to go down and then I'm going to go forwards. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm going to go up. Yeah. And that's a very linear. Uh -huh. like, <laughs> and if I want to do anything other than that, I've got to swim around in circles <laughs> or use my hands to do this. Uh -huh. And it just, it, it, just it, it, seems, it seems crazy. Yep. It's... It's nice the first time that you go down, you're like, all right, we're going to check off hover. Or we're going to get take care of hover. And you look at your students, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. We, I guess I we got that down. All right. Great. Let's go to the next one, I guess. They're like, what happened? I'm like, you did it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things I heard, I forgot where I heard it from, but um, talking about uh, skills versus habit and buoyancy versus buoyancy as a skill and hovering as a skill versus as as creating habit. a habit, right? Yeah. So when um, we originally got taught our instructor course, they actually broke out every single skill into these different categories. I don't even remember them all now, but some of them, the ones that I do remember is certain things are what they referred to as an automatic response. Right. So there are certain skills that you learn that your performance of that skill is an automatic response, meaning that you don't have to think about it. It's just what happens naturally. And the buoyancy skill was always taught to us that way. That buoyancy is an automatic response. That you're yeah. just always able to do it regardless of what else is going on around you. As opposed to an emergency buoyant ascent where it's like able to do or yeah. something like that is the qualifier on it, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. You want to watch somebody do it. And it's almost like you are checking a box because you know that the impact of that long term might not be as important as somebody just understanding how to control their buoyancy while doing a right. mask. Yeah. So it's... um. You know, it, it is, you have to think about that as like the difference of saying like a habit versus a skill or, or at what level do you really need to have this particular idea down? It's like steering a car, right? You can't yep. show that you can steer a car and then not think about it when you're doing everything else in a car. You have to always be steering. A car. Yep. Yeah. I always go back to cars for some reason. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I like it. So how do you guys teach breath control with, um, with, buoyancy control and all that what, what skills do you guys utilize for that i mean there's the traditional fin pivots and such um how I do you guys do it i mean we don't do the fin pivots or anything else yep. i mean by the time you, it's one of those things that you can you can have people lay down and i mean of course if like if they're if they're coming up on a, on a slight um you know, angle like that, that's fine, right? Then you know, their first attempt, second attempt, third attempt, whatever, when they're just beginning to learn how to balance themselves, yeah, that's fine. It doesn't have to be right off the fins and, and a perfect straight body, no. The idea is breathe in, go up, breathe out, go down, right. get your BC tuned to a way so that you can do that and then control your breathing so that you're not going up or down. Yep. Right. Yeah. And the biggest, yeah, and the biggest difference, I think, with the breath control and then also equipment setup and just making sure that the tank is in the right position, yep. that oh, yeah. is probably the number one cause 
Challenge your divers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the number one course. I think you know, get these brand new divers and they set their cylinders up and, and you know, I, you know, I take them into a session and they have a really hard time trying to actually stay flat and like looking forward in the water. And of course, because the valve's just sitting there in the back of their head the entire time. Yep. And I mean, that makes sense if you're going to be on your knees so you can come back and reach the hoses a lot easier. Yep. Right. But it, it, does nothing but detract away from the ability to actually maintain horizontal in the water. And so by shifting that cylinder backwards on them, almost, you know, my, my recommendation and my you know, explanation is always that if they're in an 80 cubic foot cylinder, they should be able to feel the base of that cylinder against their butt. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. right? They should be able to kick their butt up and they should be able to press their bum against the bottom of that cylinder. And if they can do that, there's a good chance that the cylinder is down low enough that they can now look forwards. But more importantly, the weight of that cylinder is now balanced. Yep. And I mean, that's kind of why we went to the backplate wings for the same reason is that it's just, <laughs> it's more streamlined. It creates a, a better center of gravity, you know, with the, with the diver in the water. And it, and it also just cuts all the crap out of the front, just making it a lot easier to be able to do what you need to do without all that extra material. And you can tune the harness to anybody, right? Like you can make it fit anybody. But right. it's scary tech gear. It's scary. <laughs> so yeah, this so is at, a, at one point, so was an octo. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> also, so is diving in teams, and so is apparently neutral buoyancy. Yeah. Right? It's these stigmas on that type of equipment and these and the level of training, like it, it doesn't make any sense because it's not making things easier. Right. It's not. Like there's a reason why the attrition rate in diving is so high, is that people get out there and they're completely underprepared for the ocean experience. Yep. They go out there, they have a bad time, and you know what the, the, the common the common phrase that comes out of those people's mouths isn't that, oh, my course was terrible. You know, I had a, you know, whatever, whatever experience it's, oh, I'm not really cut out for diving. You know, I don't, you know, I don't really think I'm very good at it. Yep. They never blame their instructor. They yep. never blame the program that they took, they took, I should say, they always blame themselves. Yep. And that's, and that's the problem is that they don't know any better. And yep. when you've got individuals that are teaching at a substandard, and I'm not saying that those who don't teach neutral are teaching a substandard, but I'm saying that those of your professionals out there that aren't doing their students a good service by making them comfortable before they go to the open water, they're ruining it for everybody else. And it's bullshit. Yep. Yeah. 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 And instructors should kind of, to some degree, grade themselves based on how many of their students continue to dive long-term, right? 100%. That's a good metric to use. Yep. Right. Are they building a community? What is your job as a professional? Is it to issue pieces of plastic that say diver on them? Or is it to create somebody that falls in love with the sport and then becomes passionate about it? The same and as they should and comfortable when doing it. Yep. And feel good and comfortable when they're doing it and continue to, yep. to do that, right? I mean, that's how we build communities. Yeah, completely agree on, on all those parts 100%. I mean, we need to develop a community. That's what's going to make local dive shops survive is to actually make a, like, you know. Be, yeah, be, yeah, be the epicenter of the community, yep. right? Like, just be that meeting point. You don't have to do it all for everybody, but you can be a point where people like to come hang out, you know, get advice training you know and meet other people it's that's that's what a facility should be it's, yep. it shouldn't be a walgreens it's not a hub where you just walk in buy a few accessories and walk out you should be able to come in you know we have benches built in the store for a reason right yep. we wanted it to have that clubhouse style feel and sometimes it slows operations down a little bit as everybody's <laughs> hanging out in the store for sure 
Yep. But that's the point, right? The the point is to have that familiarity and that meeting zone for new people getting into it that wouldn't normally be able to find that. <laughs> we always yeah. talk about that, like when you're talking about like contact time for sale and all that sort of stuff and square footage. I'm like, I just spent 45 minutes and got a $5 sale, but they had a good time. Uh, yeah, they had a good time. They had a good conversation. They had a right. chat. Maybe there was a beer in the back fridge that you know, yeah. they managed to find. You know, there, these are all you know, things okay, that... Help people feel comfortable and make them feel part of something bigger than themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Um, come back to the neutral buoyancy thing. Um, and one of the things that we picked up, one of the other instructors brought it to us, which is a, a fun little skill, um, uh, is we put uh, weights down at the bottom and you have to two two pounders for females, two three pounders for males um, based off of projected lung volume. But you have to go down and you're not holding your breath, but you can't touch your BCD and you have to pick up the weights and not lose your trim and buoyancy. Oh, that's cool. So you're going to change your, your lung volume. You, you, yeah, you have to change your lung volume, but you're not holding your breath by any means, but you're just mitigating As opposed to breathing that. off the bottom of your lungs, you have to breathe off the top of your lungs, right? Right, yep, right. exactly. So it's a fun – and we just leave them down there. And on those buoyancy days, you'll see the divers go over, play with it, go on their merry way, try the yeah. back kick, which – yeah, same thing. We always say that it's enjoyment for us more than it is skill for them. Like, oh, look at that guy. <laughs> like, look what they're doing. Um, so, um, but yeah, same, same general ideas. Uh, so those little, like, those games, right? Like, we have a couple of them that you have, like, a little on the wall around our deep well. We're lucky that we have, like, a 12-foot well that we can use for training that we have like almost like um, a path to follow where they have to go and they have to follow each X and be able to hover at each different depth yep. as they're changing depth on their way up to the surface. And it's a similar sort of thing, right? It's a game that you can play with these guys to, to get them to do something different than just work on the skill, right? Like yep. to use the skill in some sort of actual practical exercise and all that stuff is all, it's all icing on the cake, right? It all makes better divers. Yep. Um, I know you guys did it a while ago. I haven't seen anything since. So I'm not sure where you guys are at. Video feedback for students. Do you guys use that? Where do you use it? How are you using it? I use it exclusively on basically all of my training that is either beyond open water. So everything beyond open water, I bring a GoPro into the water with me. Um, and open water, if I'm struggling on something, like I'm really having a tough time getting a student to understand their body position for something. I've just gotten so comfortable doing it and the effect that I've gotten out of it is just so huge um, that a camera is almost always on me when I'm teaching. Yeah, I mean, same here. And then especially for like the advanced freediving classes, anything above yeah. you know, level one or if we're doing like cool stuff and we're really trying to dial in technique, you know, video review and feedback makes such a huge difference yeah. you, you can the, the person has the ability to be able to see what it is that they are now doing as opposed to just being told right right and I, for whatever reason that visual makes makes a huge difference well and it, it removes the argument we had the argument um scott yeah. doesn't mind me saying this but scott was like he, he couldn't reach his valves and i was like well your elbow's out bring it in and he's like <laughs> it is i'm like it's not He's like, it doesn't make that much of a difference. We watched the video. He's like, yeah, I should probably bring that in and reach back. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> like, 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 once he saw the video, it just it clicked. So yep. um, yeah, and that's what it is, right? Like people have 
discrepancy between what they feel and what's actually happening. It's an yep. amazing thing. I remember when I first started filming myself, I was like, that's what I look like? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, we'll set up the cameras and just like leave them. Like if we've got a dive mask, we're like, okay, turn on the cameras. We have them on some plates and things for open water, so that this, and it's just free for all of people swimming around and doing whatever. But you'll catch yeah. yourself every once in a while, like, what in the world am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with four people trying to beat you with their fins because they're new open water students. But you're like, why am I doing that? So, uh huh. <laughs> yep. Or Christmas was a little too rough on the cookies. So, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Um, yeah. so kind of to a halt because of pool sessions and stuff like that, but you guys are doing a bunch of online stuff, which is good. Um, with the nitrox, are you guys figuring out a way to do the gas analysis or are you guys doing that virtually or one-on-ones uh, or how are you doing We're not going to do it, uh, virtually. I kind of toyed around with the idea, but couldn't really come up with something that was actually, you know, that we felt comfortable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we're basically issuing, uh, a seminar follow-up if you will so everybody who takes the program we you know they're going to get all the materials they do all of that stuff and then they've just got to schedule a time to come by the facility and then what we'll do is we'll run them through the, the hands-on workshop so we'll run them through gas analysis filling out the actual log show them the fill station uh and then we'll also have them take the exam so we can actually you know do the exam on site as well um, I'm looking at some online stuff uh, to be able to do those exams, but I think I'd still feel more comfortable if it was just done in, you know, on the facility. And then we can just finish our paperwork, sign everything, and then issue the certification from there. I mean, so, some of the certs we're going to be able to issue without in-person you know, right. workshops, because right. some of them are going to lend themselves to that. Um, but the ones that we can't, that's just how we're going to handle it, is we're just going to have a, hey, schedule a time to meet and greet at the shop, come by, we'll show you how to do this. You know, and yep. since all of our staff in the store are all instructors, you know, we have four or five people that are available to be able to just handle that if somebody comes in and yep. sorts it out. That's good. So your guys' finals are paper finals. They're not part of the e-learning? As of right now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do, uh, I do believe that um, there are... Uh, talks of obviously the benefits to digital exams yeah. and digital paperwork and everything else like that. I believe Europe is the major hang up on that right now. Gotcha. Um, and obviously with, you know, the programs that we teach being SSI and then being ISO, yep. what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. Right. Uh, so it has to be uniform across the board. Yep. So yeah, all of ours are online. So we're, we're good. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. I mean, I've been I've been asking for it for a while. I think a lot of people have in the US. And I think the response is, yes, we want that. It's just a matter of once we can get the, the legal precedent set in Europe to be able to feel comfortable, you know, rolling it out internationally. That's good. Yeah, that, it, it makes it a very interesting situation. You got to make sure you're covering yourself and that they actually truly know the material. But you know, it's so nice. his, yeah, it, it, this is an interesting point, though. I found, in, or we found in the past, the exams really don't mean squat. Mm -hmm. no, in, term, in terms of knowledge comprehension. Mm -hmm. In terms of somebody's uh, success in the program, right? Yeah. Right, right, for sure. Because we tried, when SSI first came out with their online program, we were like, okay, and you know, we kind of talked about it. I was like, all right, well, if they're going to do all this work, how about we cut down the program by a single classroom session? So instead of doing two academic sessions that are three hours a piece, now we just do one. You know, we have them come in, we have them take the exam, 
and, and then you know, we follow up with you know some question and discussion dialogue and and see where we're at and that lasted probably three weeks it was uh, a disaster it was a disaster <laughs> because yeah. no matter like people can do the online training which is great um, but there's there's no substitute for being able to have that conversation, which right. is why we're big believers that the online training doesn't replace academic mm-hmm. um, contact with yeah. with a professional, with a diet professional. It sets the foundation. It allows them to ask more intelligent questions or even raise some of the questions that they may have not had in their mind to start with. So that when they come to class, they're more prepared to learn and ask the questions they need to about the subject matter as opposed to coming completely fresh without yeah. any idea of what those concepts are to start. So it's almost like a you know a, an appetizer, if you will. The online training is a great appetizer. It, it kind of helps wet the palate and set some of those ideas in motion. Yep. But your entree isn't really until you sit down with the instructor and really get into the meat and potatoes of everything and actually sort of discuss and figure that out. Because right. online, you can't read somebody's face. They can't yep. read those bod- that body language. I mean, I'm sure, Jason, you've been in that situation before. Where you've got a group of people. It's like, all right, guys, so who's got questions? You good? You good? You good? You're not good. You <laughs> not at all. But you I are know, clueless. I can see your face, and you're like, mm-hmm. right. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we call it a flipped classroom. So you do the, I don't need to proctor an exam. You do that externally, and it gives me extra time to, to deal with you and, and talk with you and use differentiated instruction and you know we've had people that are like we haven't had any classroom time uh yeah so we spent an hour before every single pool session right yeah what did we do they're like i don't well we did the stuff that i read about yeah we did didn't we like that was your classroom they're like oh crap you're right (laughs) like yeah it was just more hands-on it's just i didn't stick you in front of a board and and talk to you about regulators i handed you them and said here's din here's yoke not sure why you'd ever grab a yoke, but here it is. Um, and then here's some din. Here's your din. Like, you know. Yeah. So. God, thank God for pro valves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God. That is all I sell is, is that so that I Everything. Like, yeah. Every cylinder we have is all a pro valve. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. Here's what you'll grab right now because that's what people have that you're prepared for later on when you actually switch to DIN. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you can like have a DIN and feel comfortable going to the Caribbean because most oh, people yeah. have pro valves. It's like like there yep. was a time when it was like, oh man, should I bring my DIN? Am I gonna be able to find a DIN tank in right. the Caribbean? Yeah. And a lot of places would have like a set that they would keep for their staff that would use DIN, right? But mm-hmm. everything else would be yoked. Now it's just everything has pro valves. You don't have to worry about it yep. anymore. So all right, you guys will actually appreciate this just off of the fact that I I'm quarantined with one of my dive master future instructors we watched 47 meters down because we had to watch a terrible movie the other day um we just had Whoa. to watch the complete garbage so we're sitting there and i had watched her they switched the regulators over underwater and i heard about that she clearly switched in then the tank shows that she grabs is a yoke tank and then she pulls it in and unscrews the din and screws the din in. I'm like, what are you doing? It was yoked two minutes ago. Yeah, it was freaking hilarious. And she didn't have her Allen key to get that thing out either. So it's not like she pulled the spacer out. Uh, I can't I can't watch those movies anymore. <laughs> when Alex and I were in uh, school together and we were learning to teach, it was right after Open Water had come out. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So the whole class just grabbed beers, and then we all sat around and watched Open Water and just 
it was like mystery science theater 3000 yeah right yeah i love just, that joke just picking apart. like that's not the way that works that's dumb no nope, that's yeah. what are you doing idiot like, yeah yeah you have to go full sharknado or actually be real you can't go middle it's garbage nah. sanctum sanctum was another one of those i was oh like oh God. i'll teach you how to use a rebreather in two minutes all right cool let's go <laughs> of course then again they did sedate a bunch of kids and pull them out of a cave in Thailand. So. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't put them on rebreathers. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, I was, uh, I, uh, threw one in for Jill Hyneth when I was talking to her. I was like, so the cave. And she was like, yep, the cave. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> She's like, it was interesting working with Hollywood. I'm like, I bet it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a different set of priorities. They do. Yep. They're like, can I just Max, get on this thing? Max are usually low on that level. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, is it entertaining? Yeah, it is entertaining. Um, so, I mean, publicly saying that all of your people got back from Roatan all safe and sound after everything. So, yep. Yes. <laughs> Big relief. I was like worried for them, but at the same time, like, oh God, they are not going to want to have this interview if they got people stuck in Roatan. This is not going to be Dude, good. So I was, was, that was like, stressful. Was bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. were terrified. Yeah. yeah. Talk about compounded stress. Like yeah. the first week of complete shutdown, plus yeah. the fact that then we have a group that, you know, within 24 hours had all of their flights canceled yeah. with no real options. Delta, by the way, just left everybody there. Mm -hmm. uh, United, yeah. United actually came through. United sent, I think, and American. Over. American left there. They just canceled all their flights, and nobody would answer any phones. And they yep. totally ghosted the whole yep. situation. Oh, everybody on the island, like nobody could get off. United finally came through, and you know, of the three airlines, they were on, on the bottom of my tier before all this. So they yeah. just flipped themselves to the top. They flew, I think, what nine or ten different flights down there, empty on the way down to pick everybody up and bring them back. Like that's what they should have done. Delta people hanging, you know, American leaving people hanging. Like so, that's so here's the deal. The problem with this is expectations, right? Because we don't know if behind the scenes, like the U.S. government threw a bunch of money at United just to solve this problem, right? Yeah. Right. Like there was some sort of subsidy that was paid to to make this happen. But somebody needs to communicate with us about something, right? right. Like nobody was talking. Still to this day, American just ghosted. Like nobody yeah. told us why things were happening. That's the worst thing that you can do, right? right. Like just communicate. That's right, all yeah. you have to do is just talk yeah. about what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, it's always funny how all the airlines, like, they're completely clueless at one point in time, and one goes to the bottom tier, and then you're like, you guys are terrible. And they're like, you know what? We are. We'll fix this just for this year. And then somebody else is just terrible. Like yeah. They rotate. They yeah. rotate. They're all yeah. equally horrible. It's just who's worse that year. Yeah, yeah really. Is. Yeah. Like Delta has been amazing to us, and then for like going to Bonaire, and then this year they're yeah. like it's twenty seven hundred bucks, eat it. You're like what? What? They're like yeah, yeah no, it is. Love, like hundred percent. Last yeah. two years Delta have been great, and yeah. then this whole thing, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. like okay. And then in two years they're gonna be like, you know what? We screwed up. We'll fix it. Like, and United's gonna be like, ah, eh, whatever. <laughs> so. It's like there's somebody online just like watching all the reviews for the airlines with their hand over the panic button for their airline. Like, yep. all right, fix it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not too bad. Yeah, we gotta get back in their good graces. So, yeah. oh, it's ridiculous. That's the fun of travel, right? It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody just being clueless about the travel situation and being like. We were trying to go to truck. I was supposed to leave tomorrow for truck. And they were just like, yeah, no, things are fine. They're like, no, I'm pretty sure you can't get into Micronesia. And they're like, ah, 
no, I think we're good. Like, no, here's the paper. And they're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, you were just going to send us, weren't you? Like, That's how it was with Rowan's though. They're yeah. like, no, you're coming. No, you're coming. What yeah. are you doing here? We're like, yeah. what the? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was absolutely, it went very quickly from a level three to a level four. And all the media and even the government were saying, no, travel, it's fine. You know, as long as it's not a highly affected area, right. you're good. And that, I mean, that's, that's the sort of, I mean, that's the information that we were going on, like right. leading up to that week, because obviously we had those discussions. We knew right. what was going on. It's like, all right, well, this hasn't really hit, um, you know, those particular. And I mean, there was no cases on Roatan whatsoever. Right. So I was like, all right, you know, there's no reason to panic here. It's not like we're flying into Europe or anything else like that. And then right. everything just suddenly on the, you know, on a turn of a dime, just yeah. got shut down. Like yeah. everything. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Looking right. back on it now, it's like, oh, of course that was going to happen. But yo, this is my first pandemic. I've never yeah. been through one. <laughs> figuring out as I go along, right? That apparently that's how this works. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it's a very quick turn, but you know, <laughs> that's it's been it's been interesting to say say the least. Um, yeah. Sure. Oh, so, Matt Glass decided to sign up and say hi like three minutes before we're finishing. Thanks for showing up, Matt. Hey, Matt. That sounds like Matt Glass. <laughs> it does. Oh, yeah, he's got a good whiskey collection. He sent me a picture of it. I was impressed. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I got that. Uh, I got that picture too. <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Hey. Put a group of ten of uh, Matt glasses. I am yeah. all for that. So. I will come out. <laughs> that is a one hundred percent going to happen. Oh. Watch out, Matt. We're coming. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll grab Gaudreau and go down there and raid his cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> you Um. So, any travel plan? Like, where are you guys at with travel plans and all that? Like, what do you got? I mean, travel plans. Yeah. Like, well, I had a trip to Mexico that's in a month that's getting pushed at this point now. So, right. we're going to start talking. And then we have one the next trip is probably mid May to Bonaire. We'll see. Right. I mean, yeah, Bikini 2023. We are going to Bikini in 2023. That is locked down. That is happening. Nice. Uh, so for those who want to go dive the atoll, um, we will be releasing uh, information about that relatively soon. Nice. Uh, we've got plenty of room on our North Carolina trip for September. I'm heading down to North Carolina um, doing that. And then uh, I think we've got a bunch of other uh, good stuff. Uh, Sakura, does Sakura film? We all Sakura. I thought we did. Probably. I'm under yeah. the impression that we did. Right. Uh, there might be a spot. I'm not sure. Nice. Any plans for coming up to the St. Lawrence River at all? Yes. Um, I think we're probably planning. We were Fall talking... usually is what we do. Uh, October, I think. Yeah. Um, Columbus Day weekend. I think okay. that was October, right? Um, we did that last year for Columbus Day weekend. It was nice because there was nobody up there. Yeah. Conditions were still great uh and it's it's full season so i mean the drive up yeah. is it's is beautiful yeah. and you basically have the whole the run of the town yeah um, yeah september october is just once you hit that time frame like september starts to dwindle down a little bit october it starts to get cooler it's still nicer and the water's still nice and it's just like why are why is this not packed it's yeah 100 percent. i just yeah. don't i just hate sweating my ass off in a dry suit so i much yeah. prefer the cooler months because yeah. the water t temperature between you know the end of August and the beginning of October. Oh, it's maybe like, a, yeah. a few degrees, maybe. Yeah. You know, 
yeah. but still perfectly comfortable, especially in a dry suit. Yeah. Um, and a heated undergarment if you're a weenie. Um, <laughs> you need that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be heading back. We're going to be doing a, a good amount of domestic stuff. Uh, you know, it, it, it's affordable. It's fun. Carolina seems to be awesome. St. Lawrence is awesome. Um, I'd love to maybe do something out in the Great Lakes. I'd love to do maybe one of the missile silos somewhere around the country. I think that'd be a cool trip. I want to get down and wreck track the keys again. And I was just about to say the same thing. I want to go down and, and blow up the keys for a week and I got a bunch of people that want to do a, uh, a, some wreck diving training. So that might be a good way to do it, but we could uh, grab a van and drive a fun down. thing to get a couple of different people together, like a couple of different instructors together on though. Right. Cause I can only take a few people. So. Right. No, that would be fun though. Yeah. We could do a combined trip. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Take like we, three wreck diving instructors and nine students or something. Yep. New dude van down the keys. That would be super fun. Yeah. 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 Grab a van up in Miami and just, or a, couple of vans and yeah. i mean honestly what we would probably do is we might even just grab a van from boston because yeah. i mean alex and i have made that drive multiple oh, times because we used to live in the keys yep and um yeah we probably just pack up a big van here and then just put everybody's doubles or e-breathers whatever else we wanted into it right yeah. just drive it all down and we'll just you know leave a few days before everybody else and just make a road trip and meet everybody down there yep yeah, yeah. Or road trip with everybody and stop along the way. You could yeah, pin out some wrecks. That's a lot of time with people, people in a small van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that would be a private invite only trip. Oh, hell yeah. yes. I got a couple of those where I'm like, oh, it's full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Maybe a spot will open up. <laughs> I'm taking applications. But your website says seven left. It's a glitch. <laughs> it's a glitch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the delay between them. <laughs> I'll have to get onto those software people, assholes. Yeah, right? uh, exactly. Everything. Too funny. Uh, Eric Fine says he's into to raid Matt Glass's uh, whiskey cabinet. So I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, when this is all over, it's gonna be a freaking party, huh? <laughs> yeah, everybody's gonna come out borderline alcoholic anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, if everybody comes out and unemployment goes away, right? Like the uh, the right. unemployment issue is is solved. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be like if we cured AIDS, it'd be like sex in the streets, man. People are gonna be going crazy. Uh-huh. Oh my god, the the party this summer, especially in Boston, like once this all gets blown through and it gets figured out, yeah, oh, you know, it, yeah, people are gonna be like absolutely out of their minds. Yeah, after being cooped up for so long. Yeah. yeah. I think you're lucky that the marathon actually got postponed because I think if it cleared up marathon weekend, it would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. Would have been the same. Yeah. 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 That would have been bad. So. Um. Yeah. No. But I'm. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the turnaround. Hopefully, we just you know get through this in the next month or two and just have an awesome season. That's the yeah, plan. I agree. All right, gents. Um, I got to get on Gareth Locke's class. We start at two o'clock. So, um, sure. I'm doing that instructor class or the uh whatever class he's got going on right now. So. Very cool. Um, but uh, is as always an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Um. It's always good conversations, so I'm glad that I didn't get upset pouty Nick because of the travel stuff, so I've seen that before. <laughs> I'm very glad that I didn't get that. So, uh, But uh, be safe, gents, and thank you for your time. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care, guys. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye.